Welcome to the Life Point Louisville podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Jennifer McGill. For more information about this podcast and for other resources, visit lifepointlou.org. Good morning, good morning. I love that we love each other. This series about friends, and look at all you guys making friends. What a great Sunday morning. So glad you guys are here. Um, what a great message last week. Sean, Pastor Sean, what a word. Uh, you guys got the Team B today, so if you're a first-time guest, you know, just come back next week. We're so glad you're here, though. It's going to be a great series. You know, I love talking about friends. I love friends. Friends are just so fun and good, and, you know, last week's message, I've talked to so many people how it's just spurred some great conversations and started a lot of things. And, you know, honestly, the Bible talks a lot about friends. You know, in Genesis 2.18, it says, the Lord God said, okay, so if the Lord God said it, it must be important, right? The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So from the beginning of time, from the beginning of this book right here, this book that we live by, God said it's not good for someone to be alone. It's important for us to have relationship. And, you know, Sean talked about this last week, but we've talked to so many people in this room and outside of this room that need friends. I mean, we need friends. As I was writing this message this week, I was like, man, that I'm missing that person in my life. We need friends. It's so important. The Bible talks about it over and over. You know, in Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 says, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And you know, Sean talked about this last week too. I'm just reiterating some of the things he said. But this a lot of times has been applied to the church. And while that is true, it also begs the question, how can that be played out practically? And in reality, I think that Part of this, while it's talking about the church, in reality, this is played out in you and I, in you and I. And I can't be friends with every person in this church. It would be super cool if I could, but we're already at a point where it's like, do you, well, actually, let me ask you this. How many of you think that you could sustain a friendship with over 100 people, like an actual friendship? Great, yeah, so good. I was making sure there wasn't anybody that would disagree with me on that. But we need each other. And as Hebrews says, this is played out when we break into small groups. This can be played out when we are in friendship with each other. If you are, um, a lot of you in here actually, like, you study the Bible and, you know, you're a scholar. And, you know, we talk a lot about this perseverance of the faith. And as a Christian, that this, this goal that we have to work towards, and in reality, I think it is achieved partly by the practice of friendship. And friendship takes effort, and it takes time. Do any of you have friends that you're just like, oh, it's so easy, and everything's always easy, and I don't have to do anything. In fact, they just come to me, and I'm like, I just sit at home, and if I need a friend, I don't have to reach out. Somebody just reaches out to me. 
No, it takes effort. It takes intentionality. And we know this. We all know this. Yet so many of us don't do it. And we don't have it in our lives. And we want to be connected, so we try. There's a million different ways that we try to be connected. We try to connect on social media. We try to connect through all types, like getting involved in things. We try. We try really hard to be connected. But there's this thing that I think we're all, we have um, this impoverishment in our lives. You know, sociologists talk about that there are three types of poverty. Um, And if you are into that, it's very fascinating. But there is material poverty, Anybody know about what that what that is, you know, where we lack things, right? Like, I don't have the Gucci purse I want to have. Just kidding. I, that's not poverty. Um, but there's material poverty. There is spiritual poverty. You may know somebody that has everything in the entire world. I mean, they have millions of dollars, but their soul is bankrupt. So there's spiritual poverty. And then there's another one that I think touches everyone, and that's relational poverty. And it's this idea that we are longing for something. We're longing for something deeper than just the 1,700 friends we have on social media. We're longing for something more than just what the status quo is. And we know there's something missing, but we keep trying to fill it with all kinds of different things. Sean talked last week about that we're in the midst of a loneliness epidemic. And so there's something that's missing in all of our lives that's causing us to be lonely. And honestly, I don't think it's something, but it's someone. And so this brings us to our key thought for today. And so if you're a note taker, write this down. And if you're not a note taker, write this down. That you might be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. One friend, from changing the trajectory that God has for you. You know, we see it all over the place. We see it in our lives. We see it in movies. Has anyone ever watched the Lord of the Rings series? Anybody into that? Just a couple of you, so this won't relate to the rest of you. But there's this little hobbit, and his name is Frodo, and he has been sent on this mission, and he's got a ring and he has to deliver it to Middle Earth, and he has a lot of friends that help him along the way because it's a really hard journey. It's really, really super hard. But he's in the, and I don't remember, it's been a long time since I watched it, so I don't remember what part it is, but there's this one part in the series where um, Gollum, which is this nasty little creature that used to be a hobbit and yeah, just, and he's bad, and he steals the ring from him, and, you know, Frodo is like, he's like, I'm lost, and I don't know what I'm going to do, and I know that there's this thing that I've been called to do, and his very best friend, Sam, sweet old Sam, we did not name our Sam after that, Sam. God told us to name him that, but this sweet Sam, he is in the muck and the yuck, and he says, I will go with you, and he helped Frodo pursue his destiny. And you know what? This also is in the Bible, not Frodo, but um, how people help us. Uh, we're going to look at one particular section in Acts 9, 26 and 28, where this one connection, this one relationship, friendship with a person changed the trajectory of Paul, who used to be Saul's life. 
In Acts 9.26, it says this, when he came to Jerusalem, so Paul, who used to be Saul, when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. So see, if you know this story, Saul, who he becomes Paul, but he was the chief persecutor of Christians. I mean, he was the chief one that was out stoning them and trying to kill them. But he met Jesus, and his life was radically changed. And now he wants to do what Jesus has called him to do. All he wants to do is go into Jerusalem and preach and do the thing that God has called him to. But there's these people, and they're like, hey, I remember you. You were that guy that tried to kill me last year. Um, So no, you can't join my small group. But through one connection, here comes a friend, Barnabas, who puts his credibility on the line to vouch for this guy that no one else trusted. So let's see what happens next. It's in verse 27. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul, who becomes Paul, on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So because of this relational equity, because of this friendship, you might say, with Barnabas, the door was open for Paul to step into what he was called to do. You see, Paul was the man, if you don't know this, who wrote half of our New Testament, who honestly changed the course of history of Christianity. And there was one connection, one friendship, one person that opened the door for that to happen. And the same is true for all of us, guys, that we could be one person, one connection, one relationship away from changing the course of what God has called you to. Because if you're here today and you didn't know this, God has a plan for each of you, that he has a purpose for you. You have been called to do something. And hey, this is just a little side note. I was thinking about this this morning. Don't just, as we're on this pursuit of friends, don't just look for that person that looks exactly like you. So don't just look for that other 16-year-old who's super into TikTok like you, or don't just look for that other dude at the gym who can do all the things and pull the things and all. Don't just look for that guy. Don't just look for the other parent that just so happens to have the kid on the same soccer team as you. And those aren't bad things, okay? But I believe that God can do some really, really cool and powerful things when we cross generational boundaries and when we cross racial boundaries and when we cross socioeconomic boundaries. And so, you know, kids do this all the time, right? Kids don't care what you look like or who you are. If they're like you, I just want to be your friend, right? We even see this in children's books. Um, If you like to read children's books, I actually, this is funny. This is not, I'm just going to tell you this, but I was at the library the other day getting some books for Sam and he wasn't with me and I was in the children's section and I'm like, had this big stack of books and this librarian comes up to me and they're like, "Um, are all those for you? And I wanted to be like, yeah, they're for me. I like children's books. Anyways, that's not the part of the story I was going to tell you. But um, unlikely friendships. You see that in children's books all the time. I was reading Sam this book this week that was called Ebb and Flow. 
And so it's about this dog named Ebb and a little girl named Flo. And they, at the end of this book, they save a baby seal and get this baby seal back to his mother. But guess what? That wouldn't have happened if they hadn't formed this relationship, this connection, this friendship. You see, Ebb was just a dog. He couldn't take that baby seal back to his mama. And Flo would have never even known that there was a baby seal that needed rescuing. But because they were in friendship and connection and relationship with each other, they did something really cool. They saved a baby seal. I want to save a baby seal. Do you want to save a baby seal? So it all comes back to this idea that just our friendships and relationships plant seeds inside of us that will grow things that will spur us on to our destiny. And so today we're going to talk about three different friends that I think we all need in our lives. And maybe while I'm talking today, you're going to say, ooh, I'm missing that friendship in my life. And honestly, they may already be in your life, but you've shut the door to them to allow them to be that type of friend. So we're going to look at the life of King David and three relationships, friendships, connections that he had who helped him become more of who God wanted him to be. And that is Samuel, Jonathan, and Nathan. The first one we're going to look at today is Samuel. And so if you're taking notes, write this down. We all need a friend who makes us better. So the context of this text is that God had at this time in 2 Samuel or 1 Samuel had rejected Old Testament Saul, so he was a king, he rejected him as king. He had removed his spirit from him, and he told the prophet Samuel, he said, I have anointed you to go and anoint the next king. And so Samuel goes to the house of Jesse, and he goes in, and he's looking for the next king, and he sees this big, I don't know this, but this big, strong, strapping son, the eldest, and he says, this must be him. And God says, nope, not him. And he sees another one come in and he's like, oh yeah, that's him. Cause you know, like he goes to the gym all the time. He's going to be the next king. And God's like, nope, not him. And he goes one after one after one. And finally Samuel is like, God, what is up? Like, I mean, I don't see anybody else. And God says, wait a minute, Samuel. See what you're doing is looking as the world sees. You're looking on the outside. But what I do, God, I look at the heart. And so he says, there's this young runt of the family. His name's David, and there's something in him. There is something in him, and he is the one you are to anoint as king. And so let's see what he says in 1 Samuel 16, verse 12. And it says, rise and anoint him. I've chosen David. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And honestly, what's crazy is that no one else in his family, not his mama, not his daddy, not his brothers, no one else saw in David what God allowed Samuel to see in him. He saw, it was as if, it was as if Samuel looked at David and he said, man, God wants to do something really cool in you. He has a purpose. It's bigger than you could even imagine. And I know that you're just out there tending sheep right now, but there's something really powerful. And the Bible says, because of that, that anointing, from that day forward, the spirit of the Lord was on David. The trajectory of his life was changed because of one connection. And honestly, as I think about most of us, and I'm including me in this, chances are, 
the friends, the people that we allow to speak into our lives, the people that we connect with on a regular basis happen by accident. It's the buddies from work. It's the people you work out with at the gym. It's the other parent of the kid that you, you know, met on the soccer field. And again, those aren't bad. Those are good things. But I want to ask you the question today, when you look at those people and those people that you allow to speak into your life, do they make you better? Do they see in you what God allowed Samuel to see in David? Because if not, if you don't have that person who looks at you and says, Chris, man, there is potential in you. I see so much in you. And if you don't have that, you could be just one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. You know, a few years ago, I was working at a college in Mississippi, and I had this friend who really liked um, to do these boot camp classes. And if any of you know me, I don't like to work out, and um, it's not fun, and I don't like to push myself. I don't have a lot of discipline when it comes to that. But because she was my really good friend, I wanted to, like, hang out with her, and so I joined this boot camp class. And let me just tell you, do you remember how strong I got? I was strong. I could do like 75 push-ups. I could do like 25 pull-ups. That's a lot. I'm saying I got really strong. And I know that's like a silly example, but because of this relationship, I, I got better. And what are the people in your life doing to make you better at the things that matter the most? Are you hanging out with people that, if you're married, are you hanging out with people that are going to make your marriage better? Are you hanging, if you're a leader, are you hanging out with other leaders that, man, they are leading their business so well, and I mean, they're excelling. Who are you spending your time with, and are they making you better? If you want to be better, get around people who are going to make you better. And at the same time, God wants to use you to make others better too. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Proverbs 27, 9, this is not up here. It says, the pleasantness of a friend springs from their heartfelt advice. Like the goodness of being in friendship, it just wells up when they give you good advice. And honestly, guys, I just think that if we would all get a friend who makes us better, that type of friendship is powerful. Like, it's the type of friendship that could change the world. It's the type of friendship that could save a baby seal. Just saying. So we also need the second type of friend is we need a friend who helps us find spiritual strength. So David also had a friend named Jonathan. And if you're here today and you are someone who follows Christ, you need someone who will help you find spiritual strength. So let's fast forward in David's story a little bit. He's been anointed to be the next king, and he becomes a war hero. And the people start to take notice, and the women start to take notice. And they're like, oh, he's cute, never saw him before. And they start singing songs about him, and they say, well, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his tens of thousands. And Saul's like, man, I don't like this. This is not good. He is really upset about it. And so guess what he does? He says, I'm going to kill him. So he sets out to kill 
David. And that's where we're going to pick up the story. It's in verse 15 and 16 of 1 Samuel 23. And it says, while David was at Horesh in the desert of Ziph, he learned that Saul had come out to take his life. That is a bad day. I have never had a day in my life where someone set out that day to kill me. At least I hope I haven't. I, don't, I haven't heard that. But um, it's a bad day. And so verse 16, let's watch what happens. And it says, and Saul's son, who is David's friend, his son, Jonathan, went to David at Horesh. And what did he do? Do you see what it says here? What did he do? Helped him find strength in God. Every single one of us needs a friend who will help us when there's someone outside that wants to kill us. We need someone who's in our lives that when, you know, that uh, guy you were dating and he starts saying these nasty things about you, you need a friend that will show up and say, no, don't, don't, don't get on there and start saying things on social media. Let's open up the Bible. What does the Lord say about this? We need, we need someone who will help us when times get really, really, really hard that will say, Hey, you know what? What I wonder what I wonder what like it would be like if we just sat and prayed about it for a minute. You know, I had a friend in my life and I want to be this friend too, but maybe there's a friend that you need that would call you the next morning after being up all night praying for you and would call you and say I have this scripture on my heart for you. And what they didn't know is that night you were going through some really hard things. Like mentally, spiritually, your soul was at war. You need a friend who will show up. Who will show up and say, hey, I know, I know things are hard. But I need you to know this is what God says about you. Let's, let's listen to some worship music. We all need a friend who will help us find spiritual strength. And again, not only do you need this, but don't rob yourself of the blessing of being that for someone else. Because when you're not just that like good time friend, which that's fun too, and I, I like to say I'm fun and I want to be a fun friend. But when you allow yourself to be the one that is there for someone when they have hard times, I'm just telling you, like your soul will be immensely blessed. Last weekend, there was someone who was going through something very hard and very scary. And I was driving on my way to church and the Lord just like told me something for them, like a very vivid picture I saw and, an, and a, something I needed to tell them. So I pulled out my phone and I did a voice memo and I sent it to them. And I hope it blessed them. I think it did. But I'm just going to tell you, it really encouraged me because I knew that God had used me. And so don't rob yourself of being a person in someone else's life that will give them and help them find spiritual strength. And so ask yourself, do you have that? And if you don't, you could be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. And finally, there's Nathan in the life of David. The third type, if you're taking notes, we all need a friend who will tell us the truth. Ouch. This one's hard. This is the one I said at the beginning that you may already have this person in your life, but you've shut the door to that. 
So, but here's what happened to David. If you know his story, he was a man after God's own heart. God had blessed him. But David took his eyes off of God and put his eyes on Bathsheba. And he committed adultery and he broke the heart of God. And he put, honestly, the whole kingdom at risk. But he didn't even see the gravity of what he'd done. Like he could not, he had gone so far, he couldn't even see. And God sent a man named Nathan. He said, Nathan, go, tell him. And so in 2 Samuel 12, Nathan shows up and he sits David down and he says, David, let me tell you a little story. You see, once upon a time, there was this really wealthy man and um, he had a lot of cattle and sheep and he had a lot of really cool things. And then his neighbor, this poor man, had one sheep. And this sheep, man, it was his best friend. I mean, he raised him from the time he was born. I mean, they would go to like Sunnergoss together and have coffee and they would like go home and Netflix and chill. I mean, they were best friends. And this traveler comes to town and the wealthy man wants to feed the traveler, but guess what? He doesn't take one of his many, many, many. He goes and he takes the poor man's one sheep and slaughters it and feeds the traveler. And David's like, oh my gosh, like, that's awful. We should put that guy down. But Nathan looks at David and in the Hebrew language, he says this, ah ta'esh. Nathan said to David, he said, you are the man. No, like that story I just told you, that's you. And Nathan wasn't afraid to do what God had called him to do. He showed up and he said, whew, David, you need to know. You need to open your eyes. You guys need to go read Psalm 51 sometime on your own time. This is where the song of repentance, where David had been just confronted by Nathan, and he's like, oh, God, create in me a clean heart. Renew in me a right spirit. But he needed someone who would show up and tell him the truth. And so I have a really important question for you today. When was the last time that anyone in your life told you something hard? Like, when was the last time that someone told you something that made you go, Ugh, that's uncomfortable? When was the last time that someone said, hey, you shouldn't do that? No, don't go there. I mean, maybe you're going to get mad at me, but I need to tell you, if you do that, you're going to hurt your marriage. I need to tell you that if you do that, guess what? That person that you've been trying to, like, tell about Jesus, you're, you're going to you're going to ruin your reputation. You need someone who will show up. Proverbs 27, 5 through 6 says, Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Words from a, or wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. And this is why you have to be in communion, in relationship with each other. This is why you have to help each other get better. This is why you have to help each other find spiritual strength because when you've been in relationship and you've told someone and you've spurred them on to do good things and, and you've helped them find strength when they've had hard times, you've padded up their relationship enough, 
that the correction can be absorbed. This is why it's so, so, so important. You need someone who will look at you honestly, like someone did for me a few years ago and said, hey, Jennifer, um, when you... When you talk, it's, I think you think you're joking, but you sound really bitter and people are getting tired of being around you. And you know what? I was. I was really bitter and I didn't realize that it was leaking out and people knew it and they could see it. And I needed someone to wake me up. You need someone who is not afraid to tell you the truth. And if you don't have that, you guys are going to get tired of me saying this, but you could be one friend away from changing the course of your destiny. And if you'll give me permission to just be a little dramatic for a minute, okay? So I just, I'm going to put on my drama hat and be dramatic. I just want to tell you that some of you may never fully be who God has called you to be because you're relationally impoverished. That when you look at the friends that are surrounding you right now, they're your friends that you could see in a few years how you'll have some new addictions. They're friends that surround you that like are pushing you towards divorce. They're friends that maybe you could someday end up in jail. I'm just kidding. I hope you're not. Honestly, actually, if you are in a friendship like that, let's talk about it. And you may be saying, okay, that's really dramatic. And you're right. That's a little dramatic. But for a lot of us, our friends may not do those things, but they'll just push us to more of the same. And what does that mean? It could just mean this lukewarm, half-hearted commitment to God. That's just like, eh, this is just how it is. That's okay. That's okay if I never really like step into a higher calling or a purpose. It's just the self-centered, like I'm just gonna consume and consume and consume and it's all about me and it's all about me. And hey, when the highlight of your life is a three-day weekend and that's good. So I'm not saying that's good. I love it and we love to travel and we love to do fun things. I like to have fun. So don't hear me say that. But like when the highlight of your life like the only thing you're looking forward to is that there may be something wrong, but you might not be able to see it because it's all you see around you. But I just came here to tell you, I think you could be one friend away, one relationship away from changing the course of your destiny. You could be one friend away from having the marriage you always dreamed of having from being the parent that you know God has called you to, that will impart wisdom and truth, that will impact generations. Generations. You could be one friend away from breaking generational curses off of your life, addictions that your family has struggled with for years. You could be one friend away from waking up to divine purpose and calling to what God has for your life. You could be one friend away. And guess what? You could be the one friend away from introducing someone in your life to the risen son of God, the king of kings, 
who is simultaneously the God who reigns on high and your very best friend. You could be one friend away. And so what do you need to do to have those kind of friends? Well, it's actually really simple. You be that kind of friend. You be the friend that calls something out in someone. You be the friend that helps them get better. You be the friend that says, hey, let's just, I, I want, could we do a devotion together? You be the friend that is not afraid to tell the truth. Because when that happens, what does the Bible say? Iron is gonna sharpen iron and you're gonna become conformed to the image of Christ. But maybe you're here today and maybe it's your first time and, or maybe you've been coming for a while and you don't even really know God that well or you don't know him at all. Well, let me just tell you the whole Bible, this right here, it points, everything points to the gospel. And while the gospel, which is that Jesus came to save us and he died so that we could have everlasting life, it ultimately points to that salvation. It also points to an eternal friendship. This relationship with God, John 15, 14 and 15 says, you are my friends. If you do what I command, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. So he rescued us. He came to this earth to save us and invite us into an ultimate friendship with God. You know, my mom, my whole life, she would sign off cards and texts and, and emails and even sometime on the phone with this little saying that Jesus is your best friend. And so if you don't know that today, Jesus is your best friend. And when we step into a relationship and a friendship with God, you will become the friend that God wants you to be. And so that's why we're talking about friends, this series. It's because it's in the heart of our God. It's not just like this cool, catchy thing that we thought, oh, let's do this. No, but it's because God wants us to not only be in a friendship with him, but in friendship with each other. So if you, everyone would just close your eyes and bow your heads. If you're here today and um, you thought, hey, I'm that person that doesn't know Jesus. And I'm that person that doesn't have the friendship. And I would like, I would like that. Well, I want to pray with you. And um, if that's you, if you would just slip your hand up, nobody's looking around and um, nobody's going to call you out. We're not going to say anything to you. I just want to know who I'm praying with. Thank you. You can put your hand down. If you would just pray this with me, and actually, if I could just get everyone to pray this with me out loud for the sake of those who are praying it for the first time, just say, God, thank you for loving me first. Today, I want to give you all of my heart, my life, my all. Forgive me of my sin. God, today I change directions and I want to follow you. Come live inside of me and make me brand new. Be first in my life. I give you all of me. Amen. Why don't you go celebrate with those who made that decision for the first time? 
Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Louisville podcast. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the good news of Jesus, you can give by visiting lifepointlou.org forward slash give or text LCLOU to 77977. Thanks so much. We hope you have an incredible week.